Yeah, just watch a couple uh, episodes of Soul Train. You get that beat going. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. God is good. And unfortunately, uh, Randall is still giving a quarter every Sunday morning, amen? That's all right. There's room for growth. This, this year, our theme is growth, amen? <laughs> Hebrews, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn them to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. I'm going to read a couple of verses, verses 26 and 27. And we had a video that we wanted to show you concerning our... Our, our graduate, we do gra uh, celebrate graduations and our scholarship and some testimonies from past recipients of our scholarship, but we'll show you that next week, if that's all right. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. This is what it says. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaking, shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning that you would help us to understand what you are saying here in these words. I pray that you would Use me as your mouthpiece, as your messenger, Lord God, in spite of me, that you would speak to your people and deliver your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name, and God's people say, Amen. Amen. You know, when Israel left Egypt way back when God called them out, God also called Moses to the top of a mountain. And it was there that he spoke to Moses and uh, he gave Moses the Ten Commandments uh, way up at the top of the mountain while all the people were still there in the bottom uh, of, of the valley. And, uh, but when God spoke uh, to Moses, the entire mountain shook violently, the Bible says. It shook like an, an earthquake. Whenever God would speak, the, the mountain would shake. And the people down in the valley below were terrified at the shaking. They were so afraid. They thought, man, if this is what it's like when God speaks, we don't want to see God face to face. We don't want to deal with God. It was terrifying. In fact, the Bible tells us that the reason the mountains shook so violently was that the mountains themselves saw God and were terrified. If you could imagine that, I didn't know mountains had eyes, but the mountains were shaking at the presence of the Lord. But in spite of all of that, there were still people there among Israel whose hearts had become so hard that even in the presence of God, there was no trembling. There was no fear. Nothing moved them. There was no sense of urgency to God's commands. No, no fear and trembling. So God said through the prophet Haggai, very soon I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the desired of the nations will come. He says, I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of foreign kings. This is some violent shaking. 
I will overthrow chariots and their drivers, horses and their riders will, will fall, each by the sword of his brother. So God is describing a violent earthquake, a, a supernatural earthquake that will shake away everything that is not stable, everything that is not secure. And, and, and this is the same event that Jesus spoke about in the New Testament when he begins to describe how heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. Not just that it will pass away because of a length of time, but that time itself will come to an abrupt and violent end. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This is what Peter spoke about when he says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. If you can imagine a thief, a thief in the night, right? The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. And I believe that these days are upon us now. We're, we're living today in very unstable times. You think about the times that we're living in uh, today. Nothing is guaranteed, not health, not peace or safety. Those who make decisions for our nation, man, we got to pray because their decisions may falter. They may make de wrong decisions. Those who broker financial deals may mess up our economy. We need to pray for them. We have to ask a question of trust about our kids in school. Can we trust their teachers? Can we trust their coaches? We have to ask questions about police officers, pastors, and church leaders. Even those who walk into churches, you got to ask, what's up with this brother? What's up with this sister? Right? Nothing is stable. Not anymore. We're living in different times. Everything is subject to change. But a day is coming, the Bible is telling us here, when everything will be shaken. If you can imagine that, everything will be shaken, tested to see whether it will stand. And only the things that are eternal will remain. After this violent shaking, everything that was, that, that's eternal, everything of promise, everything that is pure will remain. Governments will crumble. Kingdoms will crumble. Economies will fall. Even commitments will be put to the test. And chances are we have many things in our own possession that won't survive. Now, you don't have to start checking your pockets or anything. But God will do some shaking to test what is true, what is enduring. And thank God, the writer of Hebrews says that in spite of all of that, we have some things that cannot be shaken. That there are some things given to us by God that won't be shaken away, that won't, won't be lost in this day of trial, in this day of testing when the whole world is fluctuating and every institution under the sun is under suspicion, when you can't trust anything or anyone and the very people who embody trust can't even be trusted. There are some things that can't be shaken. Thank God for that. These are the things we need to, to, to add to our lives. These are the things we need to commit ourselves to. This is why we do Bible study and this is why we pray. These are the things we need to include in our lives, build into our families. These are the things that are going to uphold us 
when all this shaking and testing begins. Will we suffer loss? Of course we will. At least I hope I will. I hope that there are things in my life, things that I may have held on to, embraced, a, a clinging, thinking that these things are good things. I hope that there are things that God will show me, no, get rid of this thing in your life. I hope that we come to the realization that not everything is beneficial. Not everything will help us. Not everything is good. We'll, 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 we'll go through a time of, of, of loss and, and, and testing and things that we don't need are going to be shaken loose. God will bring everything to light. Beliefs will be tested. Theories and philosophies, right? Politics and opinions. Those of us that claim whatever we claim, it will be tested viewpoints and ideas. Things that seem to be so certain to us at one time will turn out to be empty when the shaking begins. You might recall Jesus went to the fig tree expecting to find something there to eat. But the Bible shows us that even the fig tree can be deceptive. Didn't blossom, nothing was there. At the peak of springtime, the fig tree refused to be faithful. When God was looking for something there in the fig tree, it refused to produce the fruit that God enabled it to produce. It was able, but it refused. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, God is about to speak again. He's about to shake things up. He's going to speak like he did before, but this time it's a little more intense. At that time, it was just a mountain. It was just a region that shook. He says, I'm going to shake heaven and earth. And I believe that this shaking has already begun. It's already started. There's a story in the book of Revelation that tells us when God was ready to judge the world. It says, earth and sky fled from his presence. If you can imagine, I tried to imagine that. And this is, as John is writing these things, he's like trying to figure out how to say what he's seeing. He's seeing this happening. Earth and sky. He saw a throne, this humongous throne, and God was sitting on the throne, ready to judge the earth. And, and the Bible says that earth and sky fled from his presence. What does that look like? And then he goes on to say that, that, you know, there was no place for them to hide. How do you run from God? How does the earth run from God? How does the sky, where do you, what does it look like? Man, what was he seeing? It ran from, his, from God's presence, but it had nowhere to go. It had nowhere to go. Running, searching, trying to get away from God, fearful, terrified at the words God was about to speak. There's nowhere to go. Then John says that God began to judge. And you can read it, man. Revelation 20, the writer of Hebrews, he says everything that is not fixed on a permanent and immovable foundation, everything that is temporary, everything that is slapped together, makeshift, Mickey Mouse in our lives, all of it will be shaken loose and will come tumbling down. Those ideas that seem so certain, relationships that seem so secure, goals that seem worthwhile at some time, things that we gave to that seem like it was worth it, like an earthquake that hit suddenly everything that is temporary in our lives will crumble. But the immovable word, the immovable faith will stand secure. There are some things that will endure. 
We need those things. God is planning to shake loose everything that is transitory, everything that is up for grabs, everything that is disposable, hidden things, harmful things, and replace it with what is permanent. So praise the Lord. Lord, bring that day on. We need to be pure. We, we want to be right. We want to take all that stuff, all the extra, all the garbage out of our lives. No kingdom, no problem, no amount of hardship can take away. But God's shaking is going to cleanse us. God wants to overturn fears and doubts. Shake loose those habits and lies, right? Lies that tell you that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not able, that nobody, uh, no, nobody loves you but your mama, and she could be jiving too, right? All of the lies that the enemy has told us, everything that seems so permanent, the old nature, those bad habits, foul language, man, I can't stop, I want to stop. You know, you got to stop, blank, blank, you know, and we just keep on, you know. That quick temper, petty arguments, paranoia, jealousy. Man, and we can go on and on, you know. The things you said, I can't stop. I can't help it. The things that seem so permanent in our lives, fixed into our, our psyche, fixed into our behavior, the things that we do without thinking, God wants to shake loose, wants to set us free. All of those things he will remove from our lives on this day. Aspects of our character will change. Aspects of our personality will change. And every lie that you've believed was true will topple over. I'm reminded of that story that's found in the book of 1 Samuel, in chapter 5. It's a book where uh, it tells the history of Israel, and, and it talks about how the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. Right? The Ark of the Covenant, covenant represents the throne of God. Wherever that was, God was. He, it was he, they were to imagine God seated on the top of this thing. And they would carry it by these poles. But anyway, the Philistines captured it, and they took it to Philistia. You know, Israel had done some wrong things, and so he allowed that throne to be taken away. And, and they took it away, and they took it to, to their temple. And they placed it in their temple next to Dagon, their god, an enormous idol of this fish-headed-looking thing, you know. This had, had a fish head. It's kind of similar to what the bishops and popes and things wear, those you know, pointy-looking hats that they wear. But that's what it, huge idol sitting in the temple. They set the Ark of, of the Covenant of the Lord next to Dagon. And the next morning when they woke up, there was Dagon falling over flat on his face before the Ark of the Lord. So they set him back up in its place. And the following morning, they came in there, and there he was again, flat on his face before the ark of the Lord, this time with his head broken off and his hands broken off in the doorway of the temple. Falling over before the Lord. It was there that they realized that nothing that is not secure can stand in the presence of God. They said, we got to take this thing back. We can't have this thing in our lives and put up falsehood. You, you can't keep the presence of the Lord near you and, and maintain with falsehood. So they had to return it, man. They had to take it back. This is what God is doing right now in our lives, 
in my life. It's, it's something that we welcome, something we desire. In fact, the whole purpose of Christ's coming was to distinguish what is true from what is false, to bring light to the world, to give permanency where there is transition, to bring truth, to shatter falsehood. That's what he's about. That's what we want. That's what we desire. And each day that you wake up, each day that I wake up, praise God, there's something new falling on its face. Something new that's broken down. Something new that, that God has taken out of our lives. Every morning we wake up, there is something else that he is removing from our lives. Habits and tendencies, biases, propensities, those, those fears and doubts, whatever they may be. And in the place of those sayings, you've received a kingdom that will never be removed. This is the promise that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. And although some things may be liable to change, praise God, your hope is from above the heavens, above the sky, above this earth, beyond this world of, of transit uh, ideas and, and, and things that are not secure. And only God can bless and beautify your life. This is the promise. His promises are faithful. His words are faithful. And God has a plan for your life. Isaiah 54.10 tells us this, that though the mountains may be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, or death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 8, 31, if God is for you, who can be against you? Right? Romans 8, 32, he, did not spare, if he, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give you all things? These are promises from God. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You can count on that. You can count on that. Thank God that our knowing him brings truth and light, that us walking with him brings peace and security, that God goes before us. He watches over us. When they took the ark, uh, wherever it was, man, whether it was in Jerusalem, whether it was in somebody's house, he would bring blessing. He would bring blessing. And, and, and they took it into the temple of, of Dagon, man. The Dagon himself was broken, shattered to peace. If they'd left it there another day, that whole thing would have just crumbled. Uh, you know, I'm sure they tried to fix the head back on, put the hands back on. What does that mean? The head and the hands are removed. Probably the head and the, the same thing he did to Egypt when the army tried to chase them across the Red Sea. He destroyed Egypt's 
ability to, to chase and, and to bind and to restrict them again. There's no way you will be enslaved again because I've destroyed the army that's pursuing you. He is able to set his captives free. He is able to set those free who love him. So let the shaking come. God, we need your presence and your peace in our lives. We need you in our families. We need you in our city. Our city needs God, man. We need to, that's why we need to be on the streets of our city, just walking the streets, being light and salt in dark places, just being present at the right time. When somebody comes up to you, you say, hello, God bless you. And just that alone, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. You know, the, the, the drug dealers are out there. The gang members are out there. Where's the church? Just being present. Just being present is hope for the prostitute, hope for those that are lost. This is what we are. This is who we are. And this is what God is saying. Once more, I'm going to shake not only the earth, but the heavens as well. And he's saying that everything that is not real, everything that is not secure, everything that is not built with gold and silver and precious stones, and he's speaking, of course, spiritually. When, when Paul is talking about these things and the writer of Hebrews is talking about these things, he's talking spiritually. Everything that is not true, everything that is not pure will be shaken away. And these are the things we should long for. Man, in our relationships, we don't want falsehood. We don't want falsehood. When we have our, our conversation with our children, we don't want falsehood. In, in, our, in our lifestyles, in our personality, in, in, in our reputation, we don't want falsehood. God, shake it loose. Humble us, Lord God. Let us walk with you in peace and grace because what remains is powerful. What remains is pure. What remains will remain forever. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? We've been talking about faithfulness. And I know that in the beginning of this month, I spoke about the faithfulness of God. And we looked at faithfulness from so many standpoints. But there's something very faithful about his promises and his word. That though the world trembles and, and is insecure, though the world is uncertain, his promises stand secure. They remain forever. We need to take his word into our hearts, man. Remember scripture. Memorize it. Take a, a word, a verse. Just commit it to one a week if you can. Work on tr trying to remember that thing will remain. Lodge it in your heart. When the world falls away, there is something in my heart, something in my mind that I've committed to memory that I know will remain. I may forget things. I can't remember my kids' names. Who are you? You know. Debbie, is this one of yours? I don't, you know, sometimes we'll forget things, people. But keep the word of God in your hearts, amen. Father God, I pray this morning for your people, Lord God, each of us. I pray, Lord God, that as we live in such an uncertain, unstable world, that we would stand secure on the foundation you have laid, which is Christ, which is his word which are his promises, that you would shake loose everything that we've held on to that is not secure. I pray that temples would fall over, idols would fall. 
I pray, Father God, that the things, my God, that we've trusted, thinking that they were secure and trustworthy, that you would reveal, Father God, whether they are eternal or not. I pray this morning, Lord God, for every family, that true love would emerge, that true love will stand secure. I pray for those, my God, that, that, that are responsible for children, Lord God, those, Father God, that represent uh, the church and represent uh, their companies, where they work, my God, for integrity, Lord, that you would raise them up, my God, give them favor, let them stand out, let them so distinguish themselves that those around them will recognize something different, distinct about them. I pray, Father God, let your eternal presence, your eternal word keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If the Lord has spoken to you this morning, you know the world is going to come to an end, but God's people will remain forever. And so this morning, if God has spoken to you, say, you know what, God, give me those words to speak to those that I love. Give me those words, my God. I pray, cleanse my life. I, I want to be right before you. My hands, my thoughts, my, my ways, the things about me, Lord God, that are that are transitory, that are uncertain and unstable. Father God, plant my feet on the solid rock, Lord God. Give me constancy, my God, of vision, constancy of purpose, my God. Let me rise above, my God, what is artificial. Let me rise above what is shallow, Father God. Father, I pray, my God, for secure, stable people, men and women of God who trust you with their lives. Families, Lord God, fathers and mothers, my God. Oh God, those that depend on us, my God, can depend and rest assured, my God, because we have trusted you. This is what we pray for this morning. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.